0: Hey everyone, this is Jess. And Jess, and we're excited for
1: you to hear our review about Untamed by Glennon Doyle.
0: Yes, it's a really glowing review. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, For real though, we just wanted to give everyone a heads up that if you are struggling with or uncomfortable with the topics of addiction, drug abuse, eating disorders, or porn, or other mental health issue topics, you may want to skip this episode as we'll be covering them.
1: We hope that you listen, but understand if this episode isn't for you. Without further ado, here's the show. Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome to our new episode of Out of Five Stars, a weekly bookish podcast, and we are your hosts, Jess and Jess.
0: I'm the Jess in Portland. And I'm the Jess in Louisville, Kentucky. Each week, we're going to sit down with a nice drink and chat about what we are currently reading and give you honest reviews about the books. Today, for our third episode, we are diving into a book that's been on everyone's Instagram feed. It's also on Reese's book, Club List. This book is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And full
1: disclosure to all the listeners out there, which is probably only like 20, but thank you, 20. listening. Um, This is our second time recording this episode because silly me, actually I did two things that were silly this week. One, I forgot to turn my mic on. So we had like shitty sound on my end. So I had to have Jess record this a second time. And two, I deleted like a whole portion of our website that Jess had worked so hard on and I felt so, so bad.
0: Oh yeah. I... So this is me publicly telling you that I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm never touching the website again. You know, I was like, I, I, you probably could have gotten away with it. Like I wouldn't have noticed if you didn't change like one thing on the pot, on the website, I would have just been like, Oh, weird. Like a whole bunch of things just deleted off the website. And I would have never been the wiser, but you changed wording ever so slightly and you Jess, Louisville Jess is much better with words. So it was a good change in words, but then I realized that's not what I did. Half the website is gone. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so we're recording this episode again, which is fine. Because I mean uh, we're drinking. Uh, we're drinking and we're hanging out. Um, but I'm already talking about this book more than I thought I would. So very interesting. Um one way or the other. Anyways, Jess, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight, I'm drinking
1: some red wine. I got from
0: Costco. Part of your advent calendar that you made? Mm -hmm. Yeah, part of it. Nice. Uh, I am drinking a very festive hot chocolate with twisted peppermint schnapps. Schnapps.
1: schnapps. Is it schnapps or is it Smirnoff? Smirnoff. Smirnoff is the brand
0: and schnapps is a brand right? I have no idea. I just lied. It's Twisted Peppermint Vodka. What brand? There's two brands. I know. it's. You
1: sent me a photo. I think it's Smirnoff. Mm, mm -hmm.
0: You're right. I am probably just making up things because I thought it was what you called it, but it's just hot chocolate with vodka in it. Amazing. I love it. It's pretty Uh, festive.
1: Okay. So back to Untamed. Glennon Doyle wrote it. It's a memoir. It's I think her like third or fourth memoir.
0: Yep. So she's got Um, Carry On Mm -hmm. Warrior 2013, Love Warrior 2016, a lot of warrior themed things, and then Untamed, which came out this year. And I feel like we
1: see it on a bunch of Instagram posts. People really recommend it. I think we have to start before we like get into it again, I think we (laughs) should start with our review. Like what do you give it out of 5 stars? And that's it right now. Jess.
0: Okay. Well, first things first, just the basic uh Goodreads uh stars. What it has on Goodreads is 4.13 right now. So that's a that's a pretty high rating for a book, but they you know, you don't know if that's like really really high because it was really good or if it's high just because there's been so many people reading it. Um I would give it probably like a, goodness gracious, one and a half stars. It I can tell that it's a it's well-written. It's a good book, but it's definitely not my type of book. And I'm not against memoirs. This just isn't my flavor of book. What about you? I would give it a three out of
1: five. I agree with you that this wasn't a book for me. I thought mm-hmm. it would be, I was kind of really excited to read it. Um, I just, I didn't like the writing style. I didn't like the way that it skipped around. It just, it was kind of random, random little right. pieces of stories of her life. And I can see where like the theme was because mm-hmm. she divided into like three themes. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But it just, it, I don't know. I didn't get right. it.
0: Right. So so we were we were both kind of I think um expecting one thing out of this book and then kind of getting a letdown. That's not to say that it was a bad book. Like it was I'm still glad I read it. Um I was actually given this book by a friend. So, uh full disclosure, I did not pay for this book, but um I was expecting one thing. So, Glennon Doyle, I d- I didn't really know much about her. Before reading this book, I've never read any of her other books, but I've read similar genre books. You know, I, like Elizabeth Gilbert, I've dabbled in this variety of book before. Um, So I looked up Glennon Doyle, of course, before diving into the book, because it's a memoir. So I was like, okay, just checking out who this lady is. Um, You know, and she's a Christian mommy blogger uh, who during her last two books i guess it was more like christian mommy blogger style and then recently her husband um it, like it was discovered that he was having an affair they divorced and she ended up marrying um abby who uh, is an ex professional soccer soccer, play, soccer player soccer player <laughs> um so it it seemed super duper interesting like ex Christian mommy blogger, Mary's beautiful soccer woman. What the heck is this going to be about? It's a memoir. I hope we like get deep into this like wild ride of a, you know, book that this should be where she's at in her life. Um, so that's where I was like thinking the book was going to go and that's just not the direction really the book went. So yeah, uh, just, it didn't really like give me what I was expecting. And that's not to say that it was a bad book. It just wasn't my flavor. Wasn't what I was hoping to hear more about. Cause that would, you know, that would have been really fascinating to hear like more for me. I thought it would, would have been more fascinating to hear like, Oh, how, how did you navigate? Like, you know, rising to your stardom as a Christian mommy blogger and then coming out now as like a, you know, Real, like she, she puts it as the knowing her like new faith thing. Um, I think it's
1: like a a way of meditation for her. The knowing, right? Yeah,
0: but still like having a faith. Yeah, that's not boxed in. So I was like, ooh, that's going to be really really cool. Um, right. For me, I thought yeah. it was.
1: I, I also. I knew kind of who Glennon Doyle was because I had heard her on a podcast that I listened to a few years ago and I did research. And so I knew that she was like a speaker and she had like a bad past with drugs and alcohol and that she Mm -hmm. was married to Abby, which I thought was great. The problem that I had with this book, it's that it had so many damn metaphors that were, I was I was completely bogged down by all of the metaphors that I completely missed the point of what she was trying to make sometimes because it was just asking a gajillion questions that didn't really matter. Um, And I think because you and I are not moms, right? that's one. Um, We're not moms and
0: she I mean, she's we're a firm mom. moms we're, we're fur mommies.
1: mommies yes we have to we have dogs
0: in um, in perfect millennial fashion for mommy yeah. but no real children yeah so and a lot of the book is parenting
1: yeah exactly a lot of the book is parenting and i'm like oh i don't really care that you know that happened or how you dealt with it i mean it's cool that that's how you handled it or whatever but mm-hmm.
0: next so and here's so here's my thing and i i I know I've told you this before too, is like, I just said this, I don't have kids. So I really don't care what you say your kids said. I don't think it's true. You know, like when people say like, oh, my kid had this like amazing thing that they said about religion or race, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, your kid's probably a really good person because kids are just generally usually really good people um, until they're like the terrible twos. But Uh, your, your kid's not having Uh,
1: from age zero to to two. They're good.
0: Perfect. They don't have personalities. So they're just kind of fun to hang out with two, you know, terrible twos, but then around four or five, six, they get their own little personality and they're not so much of an asshole anymore. So they're like cool again. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and say your kid's not having a philosophical thought and like saying it like and Doyle is saying her kids are saying it which they probably said something and then something, she yeah, they said something to the to the effect she, of she this. made it flowery right yeah the first chapter opens up and she says like one of her daughters says something really profound about this cheetah being not Kate, wild just, or, not or does Kate. she
1: miss just she missed the the wild or something like that
0: Yeah. And you know, I, kids say a lot of weird things. Um, You know, one of my first jobs that I like had uh, was a animal intern at a children's museum. So like I used to do the animal shows at a children's museum. Like, you know, I didn't know that the lady like in khaki pants comes up there and like sings a song about this animal. And then she's like, all right, let's all go touch the snake. I did that for a while. So I'm very fluent in what kids say about animals and I'm sorry. They don't say what she <laughs> you know. We're really dwelling on this right now. But like, I just think there's like a lot of things in this that she wrote to kind of help the story move along that I just didn't feel like needed to be in there. She could have told the story without it. Like you're saying. So there's a okay. lot of freaking meta- metaphor in this. Metaphors. And there's some that I like, but then there's just some that are just like, Calm down there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The big thing that I didn't like is that it wasn't in a chronological sequence. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of like where the crawdad's saying, that's why I kind of had a hard time getting into the book at the beginning because it was in one year and then it skips to another year. For her, Mm -hmm. for Untamed, it was, I'm writing about going to church school when I'm 10 years old and my teacher not reading from the Bible, she just read from her memory to, I was 13 and then I was 25 and then I was pregnant. And then I was like this age and that I'm like, what are you trying? I don't get yeah, it. it. Like, does. I don't it want jumps,
0: to. It jumps about a lot throughout her life. And I think it's because she's trying to focus on these like overarching, you know, themes, themes throughout her life, but it just kind of made it really difficult. It fell flat for, for me. Yeah. hmm
1: Yeah, Um, and I found myself turning pages all of the time because I'm like, I don't want to read this. This is boring. Oh, here's another metaphor that goes on for two and a half pages. Next, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. So,
0: yeah, there, there were yeah, it's just so odd with this book because there were some things that just did resonate that I was like, "Mm -hmm. interesting. Like that's, I hope we dive deeper into that. But then, like you're saying, the next page, you'd you'd be on to like, I don't know this or that my kids addicted to his cell phone and i don't understand that kids can be creative on cell phones and he shouldn't be on it anymore cuz boomer 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 talk and i'm like oh come on let your kid have some fun i don't know kids can be creative on a whole number of things and this is something like i kind of had an issue with because uh i was i was more so like introverted kid and i did really like video games and like it would have been a real bummer if like I just got those kind of things taken away from me because that was a creative outlet for me. Even if it doesn't look like a creative outlet, it, it is a creative outlet, you know?
1: Yeah. And everyone's on,
0: creative outlet is a little bit different.
1: On the topic of kids, there was uh, a quote that I read that I really liked and I am interested to hear your thoughts about it. Um, I read it well, the first time I recorded it, and I'm going to read it again. Um she goes, there is no way to live, love, raise children, arrange a family, run a school, a community, a nation. The norms we created, the norms were created by somebody, and each of us is somebody. We can make our own normal.
0: Um, yeah, I mean so that's, I, that's I I guess nothing, what I'm saying is it's like, nothing new. Right.
1: But Each family like has their own way of doing things. Um, So for her, I guess that was like the cell phone thing. And because because she is so like metaphorical, like her kids are going to be growing up kind of being like metaphorical. So maybe not like five years old metaphorical, but maybe 14, 15. And every parent raises their child differently. For sure.
0: For sure. And yeah, I mean, obviously I'm no one to tell anyone how to raise their kids or not, but I think so much of, I think so much of everything is mostly just moderation, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's usually where I land on almost anything is, you know, be respectful of yourself do the things you want in moderation. And I don't normally think you can go wrong with that kind of thinking, but you know, I mean, everything. Unless you're an addict. You this is true. And that's what, that's the big thing about this book, too, was um, we did like go in and out of different stories about um, addiction and eating disorders and alcoholism. And I was very surprised just in like, the day and age that we live in right now that at the beginning of the book there was no like oh hey just like a heads up the, nothing's too graphic but it was just, it took me by surprise because I wasn't expecting to read that kind of stuff about like the the binge eating and, and bulimia and I was and like, the therapy oh. right and I was like I I respect that I'm glad she's talking about it but like also I i don't like reading about that myself. Like it kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. So I'm like, oh, it's kind of interesting that they just went right into it without any type of, you know, warning ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I thought that was kind of weird. Uh, another thing about this book, uh, I guess I'll touch on like more things that were just kind of se- seemed odd to me or just like I couldn't, you know, get behind and was just another reason why I had to rate the book as low as I did was... Some of her like quirky stories that she would tell about herself kind of seemed like, you know, the whole like manic pixie girl, like, oh, I'm so aloof. I'm so funny. And that's like a personality trait. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was like, and I said this last time, but it was just like the, oh, I, I don't know how to buy a plane ticket to go visit my sister, Amanda, who just had her kid. Oops, I bought three or something. And it's like, that's not cute. You just bought three plane tickets. Like yeah. just call the dentist to make your own appointment. Why can't, you know, you, an adult who doesn't know how to make, uh, but uh, knows how to write books. Right. Right. I'm like, that's not quirky. Just figure like, just take your time and like go through it or, or call an airline and be like, oh, this is where I'm going. I don't yeah. you know. I mean, I understand that everyone has their own like anxieties about doing things, but, oh man, but Flights are so expensive. How could you just be like, "Oh, it's so quirky of me that I just spent extra money on a on a plane ticket"? Right. But I guess
1: for two things: one, then her grand her mom called that her grandma was dying, and two, like her sister was getting a or having a baby. So I can maybe like two percent agree that she was kind of flustered and just just like went with it, like, "Oh, fuck it! I'm just sure. gonna buy! I'm just gonna buy the tickets. I don't care." Um mm-hmm. Another thing that I wanted to one thing that I did like, I wanted to yeah. say that I liked is reading the story about how she met her wife Abby. And
0: mm-hmm. it was
1: at a book convention. Not it wasn't a book convention, it was something to do with one of her books that she had written yeah. about her and her husband. She's right. gonna be
0: on a panel, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Abby walks in and like she feels like a force, I guess. And it's like, it, this is her or it's her, yeah. whatever. And I I thought that was like super cute. I really, I really like that.
0: It was cute until she said the Portland lives inside us thing. And I was like- Because we're oh, so dreary. Oh, oh no, that was just too goofy for me. I was like, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it was, it, it felt kind of goofy to me. And there was like some points in the book where I just- you know, had to like silently just chuckle. because I'm like, Bleh. it's one thing that it's not. It's this, and then it's that. It's like my kids are amazing and super duper smart, and then one second it's oh my kids, my kids suck, and I, I don't want them around. I, like and you, I get it, I get it, but it's just like I feel like
1: we it was a lot fun. of ping pong, yeah, back and forth, and I'm my head just couldn't keep up. Like I don't want to do this. Um, I was gonna say that. The other story that I really, that I thought was good, because she had some good stories, and yeah, I no, think for that, sure she did. I think that if she had written, or if I could have been able to pick what I read over what was it like three hundred pages of the book,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think I could have read maybe only like two hundred of them, and or one hundred of them, and been been good. Like that would have been the one hundred pages that really, um, resonated.
0: 33 pages. Oh,
1: look at that. The, the 100 pages that really resonated with me and I would have been done with it. And I would have said that it was a great book. It's a five out of five, but obviously it's not. And one of the stories that I really had like a thinking moment was the story of when, um, her husband still at the time goes out with his friend who's wife had just had a baby and they're like best they're like a best friend couple or whatever right Um, and he he gets home and Glennon's like oh well what did you guys talk about what's the baby's name and her husband's like oh I don't know oh how's the wife doing oh I didn't ask and then Glennon's kind of like oh well what the hell did you guys talk about you were gone for like three hours and the husband goes in very man like fashion, uh, soccer work. I don't know, and how she just couldn't fathom that her husband had gone out with his best friend mm-hmm. and been out there for two and a, two and a half three hours or whatever, and didn't know the baby's name.
0: Yeah, and it's pretty goofy. Yeah, I mean that was that was pretty goofy. It's like I don't what could be possibly talked about that like the biggest thing that's gonna happen to you you know you don't even mention it to yeah yeah. well that too yeah
1: um and that had me thinking about you know chris and how he like i struggle sometimes to like pull those feelings out of him and have him like express himself sometimes i i'll be like rem- when we were still living in oregon um you know, his dad was over in North Carolina, so he didn't talk much to him. And I remember just walking by and be like, have you called your dad lately? Or have you talked to your grandma? Or we should call so-and-so, you know, to kind of like have him, because I'm kind of that person. I like people right. to connect or whatever. Um, I don't know. Is that how your Chris is?
0: It's the exact flip-flopped for us. Like my Chris is definitely the one who's like, "Oh, have you called your family recently?" Like he's very, very good about and of course, like when my mom listens to this, she'll be like, "What? No fair. He calls his mom once a week." I just I, I am I call my mom all the time. <laughs> I am a like very true Midwestern Minnesotan have Normally, like few words to say, unless it's something about that like I'm super passionate about or like you know, over a drink, which is a very Minnesotan thing. Um yeah, he's the one who has to remind me to like, you know, ask people how they're doing, how their mom's doing, you know, yeah, all that kind of stuff. and um, even with like random things that's not like really emotionally uh you know faceted, like, I was home for Thanksgiving. And my dad was like asking me things about our car. And I was like, oh, I, I have no idea. But like, do you want us to call Chris? We could like call Chris and figure it out right now. And it was just like, you know, he was just trying to have a conversation with me. He, he right. didn't really care mm-hmm. one way or the other, but he was like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's definitely like the exact flip for me, even, you know, with things that you'd think I, I would be on top of. He's the one who's like, "Don't forget to do that."
1: Yeah, um, that's that's definitely how I, how I am in the uh, in the relationship. I'll we'll watch we'll we'll be sitting watching something, and I'll pause it and, and I'll ask Chris. I'm like, "So, what did you think about that?" And he'll just stare at me like, um, "I don't know. This and this just happened." I'm like, "Yeah, but what about it?" Like how does right. that make you feel? And he'll just be like, I don't know, babe, it's just a show. I'm like, oh my God,
0: yeah. impossible. <laughs> See with w- things with that, like shows and, and whatnot like that, I pick up on, I think I pick up on like details, like small artistic details, uh, much more so than my Chris does. So anytime we're watching a show, I'm like, ooh, did you see they just had that like Easter egg there that, that like larks back to that one episode or like that's because the director did this that one time on a different time. So I'm like that type of person, like connecting those types of weird dots, but he's much more the emotional dot connector and can like pick up on and read people's emotions much, much easier. So he would probably be the one to ask, what the kid's name was, and I'd be more of the one that would be like what I knew what the kid was wearing, Chris'll know what the kid's name is if we like went out <laughs> <laughs> to like uh hang out with someone and they just had a kid, yeah, uh so one I feel like I've said like a few things that I kind of had issues with with the book, but there were a few things in this book that i I did like I did appreciate, and I like enjoyed reading. One of them uh, was, and I guess this is just like talks more to like who Glennon Doyle is as a person, was the people that she surrounds herself with, I feel like are all very strong, smart, independent, like feisty people that have really good things to say. So even when I didn't really necessarily agree with advice that Glennon would give where i felt like a lot of her advice, advice life advice that she gives to her you no know, she has followers right like she has people that write to her and ask questions um and a lot of the times i felt like her help that she was giving to people was basically like a metaphor what, what it was yes it was oh, god hard. but it was like what's the issue write down what you think a solution would be And then just stop feeling that way. Or, you know, it wasn't that simple, but it really felt like, just go ahead and pat yourself on the back because you figured out why you're sad. And now just like, think of something different and then it'll be happy again or something like that. So I was like, not enjoying her style of advice, giving, responding, Mm -hmm. but the people that were around her that were giving advice or helping out like Elizabeth Gilbert, who I already, I already like her. Like i I wasn't a big fan of *E. Pray Love, but I I did read it. I it was an enjoyable read. Um Big Magic, I read. I thought it was really I haven't good. even seen the movie for that. I haven't seen it either. I don't know if it's I think I
1: started it and then it's on it's on Netflix, it. I
0: think. Um well it's a Hallmark movie uh, season for me, so not watching that right now. But one of the things that was uh in here um was a was a poem that she says her friend Liz, but I'm going to go ahead and assume it's Elizabeth Gilbert. She says, my friend Liz sent an email um, saying she thought we should try friendship. She sent along this poem. I honor your gods. I drink at your well. I bring an unfended heart to our meeting place. I have no cherished outcomes. I will not negotiate by withholding. I'm not subject to disappointment. And you know that in itself is pretty flowery writing, but I feel like I could Understand it. It's, you know, to the point. I'm not subject to disappointment. I just kind of like that. It was a good word, good good words for me to live by because, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's so easy now, especially in 2020 COVID times. It's just so easy to just like be constantly in this state of like disappointment or shadow. And, right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're going to have that no matter what. That's just, Life sometimes, but um, I don't know. I just kind of thought that was a it was a nice poem, N- nice to live by. So that's one thing that I did like was the additions of all these like really strong people that she surrounds herself with. Mm-hmm. That's a smart move, smart move to keep keep yourself surrounded by people who are like you know good people, going to give you good advice, keep you strong. Her her wife, geez, pork and rice. Like her wife is such a strong person to her like you know sometimes when she's like just out of it in her funk has to just in her depression stage. in her depression funks where she's just like i got to go sit in my room or sit in front of the tv no one bother me you know abby steps up and is like okay we're not going to
1: bother mom right now like a good thing. partner would do mhm because that's what uh that's what Hicking Chris does with flat. me yeah that's yeah. what Chris does with me whenever i'm in depressive mode um i think another big theme of this apart from like the alcoholism and the drugs and whatever was was mental health and mm-hmm. one of the things that really that i enjoyed that was in there i think she lists five different things to do to kind of be be better i'm not sure if it was be better it was just like I'm gonna say it was be better,
0: better support Um, yourself. Yeah,
1: yeah, to better support yourself. And I think it was the fourth or fifth one down. It was take your meds because, Mm -hmm. and then here there was like another freaking metaphor, but it was kind of (laughs) it was it was okay. It's basically it was her saying that you know you might be feeling that you were depressed, and now with you're taking your meds, you know you are feeling so much better and you don't need the quote unquote umbrella anymore because even though it's still raining, you're dry. So you don't need the umbrella anymore. And you take, you turn off the umbrella or you close the umbrella um, Mm -hmm. and you start getting wet because you put away your like protective um, shield. uh, And that's, that's
0: kind of stuff that has happened to me before in the past. Well, I feel like it happens with so many people. It's yeah, like, I'm feeling I'm feeling great. Why do I need to take this? I don't want to take something all the time, especially in the summertime.
1: Because in the summer, you know, there's
0: all of this sun hitting
1: you, all of this happiness, and I would stop taking it, and then August hits, and I have been off my meds for a while and I'm starting to get into this depressive mode that kind of like her doesn't, doesn't want to get out of bed, isn't mm-hmm. interested in doing anything. You know, most things that somebody with depression, um, has like as a symptom and I have to, Chris reminds me like, Oh, have you been taking your meds? Have you been taking your meds? And I'll just look at him and I'll be like, no and he'll just say well you probably should start taking your meds well get in
0: there and start taking those meds just yeah yeah no i i thought that was very um you know i thought that was really good of her to to say that kind of thing cuz i know there's a really big stigma with you know just taking care of mental health there really shouldn't be and i i think we're on the like arc of like it's not as stigmatized and it's probably going to You know, not be stigmatized anymore, but hopefully, it has been for so long. And I think more so in the like Christian community, Mm -hmm. it's more stigmatized. Like, you know, in the very religious communities, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like it's more like, oh, you you shouldn't have to take X, Y, or Z. Find happiness in what uh, you know, religion instead. And another thing I want to point out first
1: is a really quick is yes. Take your meds. And two, if you feel depressed, but have never been diagnosed or go see your doctor, you know, Mm -hmm. but you can get meds and get better. Mm -hmm. But anyways, keep going.
0: That's all I wanted to say. There was something she said in this book and she said it to her daughter and I read it and I was like, Oh, good. Gravy. If someone said this to me while I was feeling upset, I think I would throw a tantrum. And I'm not a tantrum person. Chris will probably say I'm lying. I'm I'm really not though. Like I I take a lot of things in stride, and you know, just try not. I try not to get like super upset or anything like that. But if someone said this to me while I was visibly upset, I would have a meltdown. This is what happens. She she sees that her her daughter Tish is upset, right? You know, and I think it's when her daughter's like 14 years old. So it's like, yeah, of course she's upset. Hormones. Everyone's upset when they're 14. My niece is 12 and she's upset at everything right now. It's just, we don't need to draw attention to it. Sometimes we do, I guess. I don't know. So she's like, we we see that she was upset. So she said to her, "In quote, I see you're upset. Are you ready for a solution yet? or do you just need to feel this way for a while? I would go bonkers. I'm sure there's like I'm sure it works for some people, but if someone was like, you're upset, do you need a solution yet? I kind of pulled that on you this week
1: too. You said you were having trouble with uh your your laptop screen and I was like, "Oh, do you want a solution?" <laughs> Did you know that? And you try yeah,
0: you tried yet? It was not the solution. It did not (laughs) fix my laptop screen. Um, I did notice that, but I was also just like, Oh my God. You know, I mean, it's, I was already upset and that's just like COVID computer issues. You know, everyone's working from freaking Mm -hmm. home. And if your computer poops out on you, your work computer, not your regular computer, if it's my regular computer, it's like, all right, I'll figure that out. Or I'll just, get rid of it because it was like a $200 laptop but if it's your work computer, oh my goodness, then it's a whole big deal. You got to go into the IT department and you got to tell people that you're going there because you got to call. Yeah, it's just a big situation. So I was like, oh, this is going to and it wasn't a big enough issue with my computer that I was like I would bring it in. It was just making everything all white. Anyways, it has been figured out. But to go back to what I was saying, if especially like, you know, your, your parental guidance figure was like, I see you're upset, which is just annoying. That statement is just annoying. Like, no, duh. I'm upset. Like you know, don't tell me what I am. I, I know I'm upset. Obviously I'm upset. Sorry. We're probably like screaming in people's ears. Um, but then just the thing of like, are you ready for a solution? Like you've got all the answers, you know, it's probably hormones. So like, obviously you don't have the solution because it's hormonal if it's hormonal. So just chill. Like let me go play on my phone and watch porn, mom. Like, goodness gracious, Glennon, just leave me alone. I want to, like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but that was something else. And in, the, in there, too, was like, one of her friends or followers was like, Oh, my son is like looking at porn. What do I tell him? And basically, the end of the advice was like, uh, It was very black and white. She was just like, basically, porn isn't good, it, it promotes a bad you know, image, it's not real, which is just kind of like a very, uh, very close minded view of it. I think, yes, there's definitely some porn that is probably on the like lower scale, but then there's, you know, more normal porn that's just fine. And everyone's going to watch it anyway. So like, if you make it bad to watch, then they're going to want to watch it more. They're going to want, well, they're either going to want to watch it more or then they're just going to feel guilty and bad when they watch it. And like, no one should feel guilty or bad when they're watching porn. Just let them do it. Let them get on the phone and do whatever the heck they want to do on the phones. This is why I don't have ki- No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I'm like, I'm really interested to see uh, how
1: you're, what kind how of much freak of a mother I'm raise?
0: Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, Your poor mother's listening
0: to this. Oh, I put my mom through heck and back. I was a little turd. I was an angel. Not the whole time. I was pretty much, uh, you know, the, the, the dream child until puberty. And then it was, it was all gone after that.
1: Well, uh, growing up with Mexican parents. I was an angel, but they still treated me like I was the worst kid in the family and I just felt awful. And I was the oldest and I'm a girl. So when my brother went to high school, you
0: had like the magnifying glass on you. Yeah.
1: My brother went to high school and he could do whatever the heck he wanted mostly. And Mm -hmm. he'd be fine. And I I was just kind of really trying not to resent that. I'm like, okay, it's fine. This is why I left California. I'm good.
0: Oh, see, that's the issue my sister had was like, she's, she's the older one. So she felt, and she did, she, she had the closer, you know, magnifying glass on how she was behaving. And then by the time I hit high school, I think, I don't know, maybe they were just too tired to like, you know, really crack down, Mm -hmm. but I was a little wild child demon in high school. And, um, my sister was just like, ah, ah, what? Not fair, which it wasn't fair, but it's what you get when you're the baby. So I feel like I've, you and I have both kind of been like, here are some things I didn't like about the book. Here are some things I didn't like about Glennon. And that's kind of harsh. Like we said in the beginning at the top, it, it is a book for some people. Uh, not for me, not saying that I didn't get some things out of it. Um, but a lot of it was focused on parenting. But towards the end of the of the book, I feel like she gets into a very interesting uh, conversation that she herself has a lot of like experience to talk about. And I was pleasantly surprised to like be reading about it just because I've never had, a, I haven't read too many um, books that go into like, white privilege and privilege in general. Um, and so obviously Glennon is a, is a white gal. Um, so reading her, you know, take on race and, and that kind of stuff was interesting for me. I'm also a white gal. So I was like, this is, you know, something that's written from her perspective that I can, I I want to know about this. It was something that I was interested in learning about. Um, she had in here a, uh, metaphor that <laughs> I <laughs> metaphor, of course, <laughs> um, but a metaphor that I was like, Oh, this one is, this is a good one to describe for like, you know, even young kids, if you, if you needed to have this kind of conversation with people, I thought this was a interesting one, but, um, I'll read it here. It is privilege is being born on third base. Ignorant privilege is thinking you're there because you hit a triple. Malicious privilege is complaining that those starving outside the ballpark aren't waiting patiently enough. Um, so that's like uh, a metaphor in here that I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's a good way to you know start thinking about it. One, who, for people who have maybe never thought about it before or just getting to that point in their life where they're like, ready to start having this kind of, kind of conversation. So I, I thought that was, um, a good metaphor to start her, her conversation on privilege and race and that kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. What, what about it? I,
1: I agree. I, uh, especially, you know, this year, I feel like there's been a huge movement, um, mm-hmm. to not only do like fight racial injustice, but also teach and educate people about what white privilege is. So seeing that in her book, it was, it was kind of, it was nice. I am not a white person. Um, so I don't believe I have as much privilege. I mean, I have privilege in my own way, but not as much as other people do. So, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. And so she, she obviously wrote this before 2020. And so getting into this, this privilege conversation, she is mostly talking about, you know, immigrant children. um, And she, you know, felt like she needed to do something to help immigrant children. So that's kind of where the, you know, book was focused when she first started talking about it, but it, you know, it quickly morphed into more of the general race discussion that I feel like, the whole country is kind of having right now. So she quotes uh, Maya Angelou and she says, do the best you can do until you know you can do better. Then, when you know you can do better, do better. Ooh, I love that. It's a great quote. Obviously it's not Glennon Doyle's quote, but she's a sharp lady. She she adds a lot of interesting conversation tidbits um, from really smart people. And that's, what I really liked about the book was just the the tidbits of information she brought from other people that, you know, make a, a good, interesting conversation together. Because obviously, like, a, a you know, one thing you need to know about yourself is, like, what you can bring to the table and then what other people can bring to the table. And I think she kind of got that when she was asked to go on to that, like, panel discussion. Um, she kind of understood, like, oh, the... Maybe she didn't understand right away, but she understood like, oh, this is what I can bring. But then there's like other people who can bring, you know, different things, different, Mm -hmm. uh, deeper, whatever to the table. And I think she kind of had a, uh, maybe she says it it was a little jolting at first, you know, after that like panel discussion she was on where some people were kind of like calling her, you know, a racist or, you know, it was jolting to her at first, but then I think she kind of more so understood where they were coming from and understood like, oh, there's already a conversation happening about, you know, race and, and privilege. And it wasn't included, but it wasn't entirely like her fault that it wasn't included because she was just asked to be on the panel. But I think it's always a good idea to acknowledge that this other thing is happening. This other conversation is happening and acknowledge that this is your experience that you're bringing
1: right yeah I can I can see that um so I think we have I think this second recording we definitely toned down the criticism because the first recording was I feel like we really trashed it the first time
0: goodness you know I feel like someone who really liked this book is going to listen to this and they're going to be like they toned down the criticism. Of what? Yeah. Uh, no, we really did. I, I, I tried to tone it down because I obviously I gave it one and a half stars. I, it's not a book for me. It's, it's just not. I'm not going to read it again. And I think also going into it, being given this book by someone who was like, "Oh, you'll love this," I was like, "All right, I'm so ready to love it." And then thinking I was going to go into this. Like wild ride of like Christian mommy blogger now, lesbian soccer couple. Like what is this gonna be about? Oh gosh, I was so ready. I was so so ready for it to be like a wild ride of just nonsense and and that kind of thing. And then it was really just like it fell flat. Parenting, you know yada yada more parenting stuff things my kids probably didn't really actually say (laughs) um, uh, this and that and then just like weird quirkiness about her and and stuff like that and then a lot of it is just going her her giving other people advice or like conversations she's had with other people in her life where like someone comes up someone comes up to her in like a in like a book signing thing or something like that and it's this like grandma comes up and she's like Lennon why is everyone so gay all of a sudden oh I remember I, I was like oh that's so that's hilarious because it's just like you know some little grammy she's like why is everyone so gay right now and I I thought it was going to be more of an interesting conversation I thought so too that and it just wasn't
1: it just it wasn't I was like oh okay what's the next chapter oh in the soccer team one time, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, what happened? What was your answer? I mean, she gave like a little two sentence answer. And I was like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) So now I am done with this book. We are done. We don't have to talk
0: about it anymore. I don't have to listen to someone talk about their kids anymore. I'm just kidding. I love hearing about your kids. If you're my friend, I only have like eight friends that have kids. Tell me about them, but I will not read a book about you telling me about your kids. I'm sorry. All right. So So
1: that was that. That's done. I sure. wanted to what do you got for
0: me? What do you got for me? Um,
1: I wanted to rate something else because last last time, last week you rated your weighted blanket.
0: That I'm currently sitting under right now. Nice.
1: I wanted to rate a show for you. Yeah. And it's a show. That in 2020 feels like it came out three years ago, even though it came out in Netflix. I think it was in October, mm-hmm. but it feels like it's been forever. Just like uh, The Tiger King and Love is Blind, it feels like it came out ages ago, but it's, it was only like in March that it came out. So um,
0: I feel like, you know what is funny about quarantine? I feel like we can measure this quarantine year in shows you yeah. know it's like the tiger king era then it was the love is blind era and, and it's too hot
1: to handle
0: too hot to handle era mm-hmm. i mean i guess it depends on how much trash tv you're watching but then it's the bachelor claire season era i'm sure only like one person listening is like oh yeah claire, claire. Bachelor season.
1: so this yeah. next era we're going to is the queen's gambit
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you haven't seen the show
0: i have not but i told chris about it because you told me it was set in kentucky Kentucky,
1: yes so it's set in kentucky and this girl is an orphan and she basically is kind of like a prodigy at chess um mm-hmm. and she goes around she gets adopted when she's like 15 she goes around the country competing and making a lot of money but going on topic of today and the book that we just finished reading and reviewing is she has a problem with addiction she is um an alcoholic and also she's on some sort of like tranquility drug which the who
0: isn't come on it's 20 no i'm just kidding the
1: uh i was gonna say. The orphanage actually gave him like two different pills to take, and so she got addicted to him because of the mm-hmm. orphanage. Um, and so she she's just like this badass chess player. And I really love the show. It was here in Kentucky. Some of it. It was during the 19... fifth, six It was sixties. Nineteen sixties, I believe. Okay. So the costumes were really cool and whatnot. Um, I'm trying to find something. Hang on.
0: Oh, it's based on a novel. It is. It's based on a novel uh, yes. that
1: somebody somebody here in Kentucky wrote. And since the movie came out Walter um, Tevis. Since the movie, it's a limited series, so it's only like eight episodes. Since the okay. movie came out, um 62 million households have chosen to watch it in the first 28 days and it's made the top 10 in 92 countries and has ranked number one in 63 countries
0: um okay but how many people have bought chess boards well
1: here let me tell you the google (laughs) you know oh i I don't know but the google search queries for chess have doubled while searches for how to play chess have hit a nine-year peak Oh so, but I will just. So let are you gonna learn now. how to play chess? Fuck no.
0: <laughs> I know how, like, some of the pieces move because of Harry Potter. I'm guessing <laughs> I don't know why I would know how some of these pieces move. Yeah, it's gotta be Harry Potter related. Yes. I've never played chess. I don't think I will. I'm getting into puzzles right now. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm not gonna do chess but you should definitely watch the show anybody listening that hasn't watched the show yet you need to watch it it's really good I'd probably give it like a four out of five it's pretty good and and yeah it's so good that Chris
0: wants to watch it again can you believe oh it? really yeah wow wow interesting yeah that means it's gonna be very good yeah. um Great. That's cool. Okay. So next week we're going to be reviewing, uh, the less people know about us by Axton Betts Hamilton. And it is a true crime memoir memoir. Um, yeah, I know I wrote biography down, but it's a true crime memoir. So similar to, you know, similar to the book we just read, uh, memoir style, but this one is going to be true crime. And I Portland Jess will be reviewing that one.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to to hear about it. I have never heard about this book, so I'm interested to, to see what it's gonna be about. Uh so everybody don't forget to subscribe to our show and to listen wherever you get your podcasts. We're still trying to get on Apple Podcasts. Hopefully by the time you're listening and to this. And
0: iHeartRadio. Oh yes that goes through too. Yeah. And hopefully,
1: you know, just just listen. Share, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. We're at Out of Five Stars. Visit us, this.
0: <laughs> Get it out, Jess.
1: <laughs> visit us on our website at www.outof5stars.com. It's
0: on the World Wide Web. Yes. Uh, so, Out of Five Stars. It's Outa with two T's. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.